Welcome to the latest Pink podcast in the Pink Elephant podcast series, dedicated to leading the way in IT management best practices. Welcome to part three of To OLA or Not To OLA. So when we look at the systems and components and we say shared services, you want to identify all those shared services that IT is providing across the board. And what makes sense is that what's in front of the customer base again. So we start to bring that into play, especially with messaging. Email, where they have Blackberry, where they have instant messaging, mobile messaging. And you start to build this platform software database. This is where the operational level agreements come into play. They're, un they're underpinning and they're supporting this layer. And then the partnerships are formed so which operation level agreement, say, has the Windows servers? If I'm providing email, the partnership, there's an OLA partnership across all of these. And the way I've seen that done quite often is, is that <clears throat> as one of the outlines and one of the chapters or sections is to actually say, when you, if you do um, an operation level agreement, say, under email, is that which, it's a one-pager, I've seen organizations do it that way, and what they list are, these are the groups and the operational level agreements or partner base that, that, that um, support and underpin email. So it's not necessarily doing another operational level agreement as much as it's a one-pager to say, these are the operational level agreements in place. These are the partnerships. So the service dependency model is, again, looking at service level agreements. Professional services directly to line of business will have a service level agreement. Customer direct technology services, those business services, have an, a service level agreement directly with the line of business. The terms of those service level agreements are based on the operational level agreements between the component technology services and what's provided directly. Again, we went into that. If I have financial management services, underneath that I probably have hosting, the applications, and all the information and on um, the network. So these operational level agreements are combining the customer facing with all the component technologies. And there's also the professional services operational level agreements, internal consulting, project management, security, because one component of any operation level agreement or any service level agreement is going to be security. <clears throat> so when you start to look at the, the outline that you want, this is not saying you're doing your service level agreement first or your service catalog, is what is the outline that you want to portray in your service level agreement? What parts do you want to include? When I start to look at the service description or the functionality, the availability, uh, data integrity, dis disaster recovery, any constraints, the security, those are all components that you need to get information from, from your technology groups and your operational level agreements. So your outline for your service level agreements and your service catalog will look very much like the outline that you're going to have for your operational level agreements. The biggest difference is operational level agreements are technical. It's how you translate that tech, those technical terms under 
into business terminology. So going back to that approach, from an operational level agreement, we look at start with, start looking at your IT organization. Again, grab an org chart. Understand all the various groups and get them to give you that explanation of what do they, what is their, what is their realm? What are the components, the technology components that they support? Then you can start to group it under a technology domain. And then you can get up to that system layer. So again, depending on the size and complexity of your organization, you want to start to work toward um, that sort of tree-like effect so that now you just have to translate one document or the partnership agreements into your service level agreement. The, I think there were inherent operational level agreements when we had just the mainframe and the dumb terminals, and I'm showing my age experience in IT, but you didn't get into the mainframe they were very clear on what their, they had the one domain, they knew what the, the, the service levels were, when the maintenance windows were, and from a user perspective in the dumb terminal, well, nobody could introduce anything new on, on the dumb terminals anyway, so there were very few um, problems and, and incidents occurring on, on the uh, desktop themselves. But once we all of a sudden introduced servers, which are really just mini mainframes, flip that, you can flip that over as well, and the, all the applications and the ability for users to put applications on their own laptops and desktops, for some reason we threw out that whole notion that we needed to be able to provide levels of service, maintenance windows, times where we could make changes to that environment. So all we're doing is saying all we want to do is reapply that information, but because it's so complex and so huge, we need to have something in place. And I hear time and time again when I talk to technology groups, I go, yeah, but we've done it all. We, we know what we're doing. We do it all the time. But that's fine. But that's a way out. And it's a cop-out. Because other groups need to know what everybody's doing, how they do it, how to hand off, and you want to start to bridge. That's another reason. We, it just keeps those technology groups in that siloed effect. Another, maybe it's fear, maybe it's just, you know, they don't all want to play in the same sandbox. But once you start to put operational level agreements in place and the partnerships form, you start to bring the groups into a team effort. This is not to break down silos. I am not a proponent of breaking down silos in IT. I worked in IT long enough to know that's not going to happen. Not in my lifetime, anyway. <laughs> but you can bridge them. Process bridges them, and certainly operational level agreements start to give, each, start to give the groups an appreciation for what other groups do. It is a technology focus. Operational level agreements are very technology focused. Use a lot of technical language, and start to understand all the, all the components involved. And it, that partnership starts to work in terms of how we work together. It also helps because you're defining roles and responsibilities that, you know, we all like to kind of prom get promoted or get moved into new groups and take on new, um, new jobs. 
So if I have something in place that can describe what my new role is going to be and my new responsibility is, and what sort of, you know, within my kingdom or queendom, it's going to be able to help me as well. And when you start, all it's doing is providing you with a baseline. And you, you just understand what the baseline of service, the levels of service, the hours of operation. If there's any monitoring going on, you know, what are they monitoring? You can start to set targets. Um, these are not contractual. There's no legal parts around them to say, you know, if you don't do this, we're going to sue you. There's no compensation or penalties around them. It's a description of what you do and when you do it. So it provides the baseline for you to start your service level agreements and then if something else is needed, then you can negotiate with, with the group. And it may not be that the group has to expand what they're doing. It may be other options need to be available. Thank you for listening to this week's Pink Podcast. Please join us next week for a new podcast session.